Hello and welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading Show.、Uh, if it's okay, I'm going to be looking at 1 Kings chapter 6. Another long passage, if I'm honest, you know, about the construction of the temple.、Uh, but just to help us out, I thought I would show you a picture of the temple dimensions. So these are like the architectural plans, I guess. You know, you see here this box, <laughs> but this box is divided up into different rooms the Holy of Holies, the Holy Place, and something called the Vestibule, which is just like the entrance or the lobby. But essentially, you have to get through all these different stages in order to finally get to God, the Holy of Holies. And that's what the temple is representative of. The temple is representative of God's. Presence living amongst his people. And that's why Solomon is given this instruction, this privilege of building this temple in the land. So, with that being said, let's look at 1 Kings chapter 6. In the 480th year after the people of Israel came out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, which is the second month, he began to build. The house of the Lord. And this just establishes how long how long it took to get to this point, 480 years, how long it get to, took to get to the point whereby they're in the land, they have a good king, and now God's temple can be built. 480 years since they were slaves in Egypt. They've come a very long way. Verse 2 The house that King Solomon built for the, for the Lord was 60 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Again, this huge box. And that's why the picture earlier I think was helpful. It's helpful. The vestibule in the front of the nave of the house was 20 cubits long, equal to the width of the house, and 10 cubits deep in front of the house. And he made for the house windows with recessed frames. He also built a structure against the wall of the house, running round the walls of the house, both the nave and the inner sanctuary. And he made inner chambers, sorry, side chambers all round. All round it. The lowest story was five cubits broad, the middle one was six cubits broad, and the third was seven cubits broad. For round the outside of the house, he made offsets. On the wall, in order that the supporting beams should not be inserted into the walls of the house. Now, again, I think it's really, really helpful. All that we've just been reading is just essentially this <laughs> all the different cubits, all the different compartments, all the different walls and, and, and sections. That's what it's describing. Yeah? So far, so good? Okay, let's carry on. Verse 7 When the house was built, it was with stone prepared at the quarry, so that neither hammer, nor axe, nor any tool of iron was heard in the house while it was being built. So, no tung, 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 loud sounds of construction that you usually hear <laughs> in any construction site, right? Say, no, you don't want that. So, any work that involved these tools had to be done at the quarry, at the source of the stone. And then they transported there and they just Laid it in place at the actual construction site. So, very, yeah, actually, might be a good practice, right?、Uh, prefabricated slabs of stone. Yeah, yeah, sounds like HDB in Singapore. <laughs> 
Verse 8, the entrance for the lowest story was on the south side of the house, and he went up by stairs to the middle story, and from the middle story to the third, gives us you know, a sense of the height. There are three stories. And so he built the house and finished it, and he made the ceiling of the house of beams and planks of cedar, kind of wood. He built the structure against the whole house, five cubits high, and it was joined to the house with timbers of cedar. And remembering again that this cedar, this wood, came from chapter 5, from King Hiram. And that was yesterday's chapter, so look at that episode. Verse 11. Now the word of the Lord came to Solomon concerning this house that you are building. If you will walk in my statutes and obey my rules and keep all my commandments and walk in them, then I will establish my word with you, which I spoke to David your father. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people, Israel. So why, you know, build this huge structure in Israel? Well, he tells us here, you know, concerning this house that you are building, verse 12, well, I will dwell amongst the children of Israel. So when you look at the temple, when you see this huge building, you're meant to see that God is with us. God is living in the neighborhood, if you like, like your neighbor. You look next door, God is your neighbor. But there's a condition. It's not just that you build this building and God will come and live with you. No, he says to Solomon, you need to obey me. He says, if, this here's a condition, if you'll walk my statutes, obey my rules, keep all my commandments, you know, the three ways to say the same thing. You must obey, obey, obey me, then I will establish my word then I will live with my people. So it is so important. It is so important, not just that Solomon builds this huge picture of God's presence with them, but that Solomon reads his Bible. Solomon obeys his people, then ob obeys the Bible. And therefore, God will keep his promise of living with his people. Yeah. Verse 14, so Solomon built the house and finished it, he lined the walls of the house on the inside with boards of cedar. From the floor of the house to the walls of the ceiling, he covered them on the inside with wood. And he covered the floor of the house with boards of cypress. So on the outside, it's all stone. On the inside, all wood, 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 wood. Everything was laid with wood. Verse 16, he built 20 cubits of the rear of the house with boards of cedar from the floor to the walls. He built this within an as an inner sanctuary, as the most holy place. The house, that is the nave in front of the inner sanctuary, was 40 cubits long. The cedar within the house was carved in the form of girds and open flowers. So flowers, but also vegetables, <laughs> girds. You know, the wood, one well, just planks of wood, but they carved these vegetation into the wood. All was cedar, no stone was seen. The inner sanctuary he prepared in the innermost part of the house to set there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Again, talking about the most holy place. So what they put in this most inaccessible place, the Holy of Holies, was the Ark of the Covenant, a symbol of God's throne, God's rule on earth. That's where God would reside in the Holy of Holies. 
uh, verse 20, the inner sanctuary was 20 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, and 20 cubits high, and he overlaid it with pure gold. So 20, 20, 20, a perfect cube, all covered with gold. That's the most holy place. He also overlaid an altar of cedar, and Solomon overlaid the inside of the house with pure gold, and he drew chains of gold across in front of the inner sanctuary and overlaid it with gold. And he overlaid the whole house with gold until all the house was finished. Also, the whole altar that belonged to the inner sanctuary, he overlaid with gold. You get the idea. It's gold, gold, gold everywhere. Lots of bling. In the inner sanctuary, he made two cherubim of olive wood, each 10 cubits high. Just looking ahead, I think this whole, this whole section here is about cherubim. Uh, and cherubim are essentially angels. So these are huge um, angels that uh, are made of wood. Verse 24, five cubits was the length of one wing of the cherub, five cubits the length of the other wing of the cherub. It was 10 cubits from one tip to the tip of the other. The other cherub also measured 10 cubits. Both cherubim had the same measure in the same form. So two identical angels. The height of one cherub was 10 cubits, and so was that of the other cherub. He put the cherubim in the innermost part of the house, and the wings of the cherubim were spread out so that the wing of one touched one wall, and the wing of the other cherub touched the other wall, and there are two wings. The other wings touch each other in the middle of the house and he overlaid the cherubim with gold. So it's interesting. In the inside of this temple were two things, angels and plants. <laughs> and there's a symbolism going on here because here are elements from the original creation. You know, when God dwelt with man, he, he was with Adam and Eve, but in the garden, and hence the vegetation. But when they were kicked out, remember, he blocked the way with these angels holding flaming swords. So it's a retelling of Genesis, but it's also a reminder of God's presence um, with man during the time of Genesis. Um, yeah, Verse 29, Round all the walls of the house he carved engraved figures of cherubim and palm trees and open flowers in the inner and outer rooms. The floor of the house he overlaid with gold in the inner and outer rooms. So lots more angels, lots more reminders of Eden and Genesis and heaven and earth here in this building, this temple. Yeah. Uh, verse 33, so also he made the entrance to the nave doorposts of olive wood in the form of a square. Mm. And the two doors of cypress wood. The two leaves of one door were folding and the two leaves of the other door were folding. On them he carved cherubim and palm trees and open flowers and he overlaid them with gold evenly applied on the carved work. He built the inner court with three courses of cut stone and one course of cedar beams. So last couple of verses, verse 37, in the fourth year, the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid in the month of Ziv. In the eleventh year, so seven years later, in the month of Bol, which is the eighth month, the house was finished in all its parts and according to all its specifications. He was seven years in building it. And that's how the chapter ends. 
And so we're seeing a lot of symbolism here. So the last bit talks about it being built in seven years. And this mirrors the seven days of creation of God creating the entire world. And then it reminds us that after that, it talks about God dwelling with man on earth. So this building of the temple is a retelling of Genesis, how God created the whole universe. God dwelt with man in this garden. And God's presence with his people now, it's similar to the time of Eden. God poured out his favor. God wanted to have this closeness to his people. And God wanted to be identified with them. And they had this in the form of the temple. But at the same time, it's only a picture. You know, it's a reminder of what happened in the past. But I think it's meant to point forward as well to a time when this will happen in reality. And it won't just be wood. It won't just be pictures and reminders. But one day, we'll see angels. One day, we'll live again in this garden, this bountiful place of life and flourishing. And one day, we'll come to actually have this connection, this access into God's presence. And so on one end, Genesis, creation of the world. At the other end, Revelation, new creation, you know, heaven coming down to earth. But in between, we have the temple and we also have Jesus. And so what the temple ultimately points to is how um, Jesus, you know, Jesus would come and dwell with us as God amongst men and how uh, Jesus would be killed. You know, the temple was destroyed. And so in the same way, Jesus would die on the cross to essentially break down any kind of like, I don't know, any kind of barriers that there are to God, you know, any kinds of requirements that we need to do. You know, Jesus fulfilled them. You know, he took all our sin upon himself and therefore the requirements of sacrifice, the requirements of atonement for sin, which is what the temple is for, is where you have all these sacrifices. You know, he took them upon himself. And now the way is open to come before God in the most holy of holies. Um, not sure if that's helpful, but again, lots of picture language here. Uh, if you want to, again, I recommend just having a look at um, just Google, you know, temple and, and on the internet. And you have pictures of, again, uh, very, very helpful representations of what Solomon was building. But just remembering again that um, what you have most helpfully is the Bible pointing us to Jesus, pointing us to his sacrifice on the cross that then gives us access to his Father. Okay, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this scale. <laughs> I think I'm reminded of just how impressive this temple was and just how amazing it is that you come down to us, that heaven come down to us, and we already have this in Jesus. And therefore, as a response, uh, help us to come to you. Help us to make the most of this access that we have to you and to enjoy fellowship with you, not least in prayer and not least in giving our lives as a sacrifice to you. Uh, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. This has been the Daily Bible Reading Show, looking at 1 Kings chapter 6. Thanks for listening. Take care and God bless. Bye. Bye.